Hey, listeners of the Epic Podcast, I wanted to put a clear disclaimer up front uh, that there are some big spoilers for The Force Awakens throughout this episode. There's some photography talk in the second half, but even there, there are some spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, turn this off now. You've been warned. Two. <laughs> yeah, Nathan and I playing a band together. It's clear. So what's up, guys? I got a... Nathan on the line, and I got uh, Ryan Bernheiser. How's it going, fellas? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? Good. Good. <laughs> I'm actually recovering from a, a cold from the past couple of weeks that I think I As got I. in uh, Florida with Nathan. We were yep. shooting a wedding down there, and uh, then I... What's that? Like all kinds of rare diseases in Cambodia, which I didn't even know I had, but I just got back from the, from the dentist. He scanned my skull, and he's like, by the way, what kind of infection do you have? I don't know. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah I don't have just, an infection. <laughs> yeah, as far as I knew, but he's like, you're completely filled with fluid everywhere. Oh, man. Did it require a lot of shots to get over there? Like, did you have to get one of those travel health clinics? And- uh, we probably should have, and uh, yeah. the fact that we we uh, we we would shot a wedding there, and that's the only thing that we planned for. We then went on a walkabout of Cambodia and Thailand and all these places that, but we had only really planned to just kind of shoot a wedding in a park Hyatt. Um, so we did not have yeah. any shots, which is probably uh, part of the problem. Yeah, when I well, I don't know about that place, but when I was in Africa, we had to. It was like. 12 different injections. <laughs> not, oh yeah. Not great. Dude, I, I got, uh, I think I got a small version of malaria when I went to India, uh, in 2007. I it's got tiny malaria, just like, <laughs> yeah, wool, wool malaria. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got bit by a mosquito while we were in like some gar- wonderful, like herb garden. And the next day I was like, I like got up and the room went like upside down and then back and then upside down. And I was like, I, I think I should get some antibiotics. So. <laughs> yeah, end up working after a few yeah. days, but <laughs> yeah, halfway through the trip, they uh, the people in a group are like, uh, "Have you taken your antimalarials? Have you taken this?" And they're like, "Oh, God, that would have been a great idea." Oh, we're supposed to take those. That's one. This of trip the- was planned in an hour, so <laughs> that's awesome. That's one of the things I do worry about, kind of on a regular basis with shooting so regularly with such important things that you can't really cancel is mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> getting sick. I had to do a workshop two days ago with my, my voice like this. That wasn't fun. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Bummer. But, um, okay. So we've all seen star Wars, right? In the force awakens. <laughs> um, I have seen it. Yep. I saw it uh, once here, uh, once in Vietnam. Was it in Vietnamese? <laughs> like, it was. It was in English with uh, Vietnamese subtitles. That's so the way to do it. That's it's it's the nice thing about being an American imperialist is everything is is sort of catered to you wherever you go. I was in Brazil and went to see a movie once, some like Roman something, and it was it was uh, Portuguese uh, voiceover voiceover with oh, yeah. with Portuguese actors, and nice. it sounded ridiculous. It was so bad. <laughs> it was the classic. You know, their lips are going a million miles an hour, and. They're not really saying much. Anyway, it was, it was yeah, insane. But um, Nathan, you've nice. seen it. How many times have you seen it, Nathan? Well, my goal was seven times, but I've only seen it three. Uh, so I've there's seen, still I've time. I haven't seen it in 3D yet, so that'll at least be another two. And then, uh, you know, we can kind of go from there. I've seen Hopefully it twice in 3D and twice and in 2D, and I, and I vastly prefer the 2D with almost any movie anyway. It's not a... Yeah. I still, you know, I want to see it uh, in three. Well, before we should, before we go any further, uh, we would like to 
formally announced that there will be massive spoilers going forward here. If you haven't seen it yet, stop listening to this and go see it. There will be a photography talk at some point uh, <laughs> later in the conversation. So I'll. Uh, you have to watch Star maybe. Wars before you can listen to yeah. the photography talk. Like uh, maybe in the liner notes, we'll put in when we stop doing this. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I tried. I tried actually seeing it in 4D, um, which is that. <laughs> What? You know, I was in Asia, and they they have these. They have it in America in some places now, but like they're really serious about it. Where you go into these theaters, and where like if if some when they're out in the desert, like the wind actually blows in your face. Yeah, and yeah. What? And they spray water on you. Yeah, I thought this was 4D. a joke. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, it's it's real. very serious. So we <laughs> went. Yeah, we were in Bangkok, which is like the the home of these 4D theaters and like giant world IMAX where they're they're doing all these things. And we went to the theater, and they're like, okay, the movie. You know, they had Star Wars everywhere, and the movie in 4D was Snoopy and Woodstock, and, uh, and so we were very a little disappointed by that. So bummer. I've been on Only. a 4D ride, and it was pretty amazing, like in in Universal Studios or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine sitting there watching a film like that. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be distracting, but I just w- I wanted to try. I wouldn't, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to see it again. I saw it in two D and three D, so it's it's nice to actually appreciate the story. But then maybe the next time, go on the Force Awakens, the ride, and yeah, yeah, which I do think which they there will they be. shamelessly set up in a few different spots. But I think that's just the way movie making goes these days, and that's that's fine. But yeah, did, did you both enjoyed it? I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I I loved it. Um, I thought uh, I I thought it was just a great great movie. Um, has has some few shortcomings, but I kind of file most of those under nitpicking. Um, but yeah, most what of, I love about I love Star it. Wars and everything that I've been reading and hearing about from everyone else is that the general consensus is like everyone loved it, but all anybody talks about is the stuff that they nitpick about. It's like the yeah, little it's things. Kind of funny. That's, that's sounds yeah. yeah. There's some parallels there with wedding photography, um, <laughs> but it's funny. yeah, it, it's. I think nobody, you know, everything needs, you need so much content to be fed. Everyone needs to talk about something. And and you can only say like, oh yeah, it was great for for so long. And then then you have to like, oh, but what about this? And I think I would say just the fact that it's, it's, Probably for me, probably better than Return of the Jedi. Like, I mean, there's more to nitpick in Return of the Jedi, so that me- that makes it like the best since Empire Strikes Back. That puts it in with the top three movies. So, like, good, you have qualified as a Star Wars movie. Yeah. That's all we needed. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why they made this storyline so similar to A New Hope, or just Star yeah. Wars, is because mm-hmm. they they were literally like just trying to bring it back to core star wars which and kind of right yeah, yeah which they had to do otherwise uh they risk uh like if it wasn't anything less than like very good like you know they lose four billion dollars basically yeah. uh <laughs> well and yeah. now they've already made two billion so i think they're safe yeah but. yeah yeah i i agree with you i think he almost it's almost him saying like you want to see a star wars movie here's star wars again uh yeah. but just you know, made you know in a modern way, and that you can, that you know that they're going to take off from in, in a in a very different way. But they want to start in a way that is very grounded to yeah. like treating Star Wars as a genre instead of um, like just in a movie, which it sort of has become. Yeah, I think yeah. the same. Like I thought, J.J. Abrams was really smart in the way that he rebooted Star Trek with the alternate timeline, I and agree. now they can do whatever they want. But 
you know, they can't do that again and they can't do that for Star Wars. So this was yeah, I think kind not. of the best approach to sort of reboot it and then let it go on its own without having any weird black hole or, you know. Yeah, and and there will be less nostalgia going forward. Like there won't be as much like fan service in the next movies and hopefully they'll take a different turn than Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi. So we think, but of course, you know, the, the, this is before yeah. the next movie. Maybe they start yeah. off in a nice planet. Maybe they, you know, there's a Wampa and, and all these, but uh, <laughs> probably not. I think someone I think else's probably... father is. We still need to answer who who Ray's, you know, father is or mother. I yeah, I've got. I, Should we lay I, our theories out? Should we... Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. go for it. Okay, for for me. Um, I, I'm ashamed that I had to read this, that it didn't quite click, because um, <laughs> you come out of it, and and there's such a red, it feels like a red flag. Again, we don't know. We haven't seen the movies. If you're looking at this from the past, maybe we're all idiots. But it feels like such a red flag that you're supposed to come out saying, is it is it Han's daughter? Is it Luke's daughter? What? And they the both of those seemed like very unfulfilling to me, storytelling-wise. Like, there were problems, you know. Um, maybe mm-hmm. it solved some things, but also it was just like, it caused a lot more of like, what? Yeah. And, and I was, it just really picked at me. It really picked at me until then I read... All I had to read was the title that is um, uh, Ray is Obi Wan's granddaughter, and I was like, "Duh! Of yeah. course she is. Yeah. Of course she is. Like, if not, let, then screw. Like that. It makes no sense. Or like, it, it just it yeah. narratively to me, it, it just it ties up things so much better. Um, you know, if she is if she is one of the uh, Kenobi's. Um, okay, so by by who? Who's who's the mom? Well, that's uh, like who's, who's Obi Wan's. You know, we don't know. know wife, and, and lover. I, I don't know if we if we have to. I mean, it's it is so like weirdly. You know, that's what happened in, in Jedi. Is everything now became weirdly incestuous? Like, oh, yeah. Luke, Luke was the uh, the you know the twist last time. We have to have another twist, and it's got to be Leia is, is now also you know part of it, and and so it feels like now everyone has to be you know in this giant galaxy with multiple planets. Like everyone has to be at least a second cousin uh, to everyone <laughs> right. else. Which which my my theory slash is more of a hope than a theory, but my hope and theory is that. She's not related to anybody, and she's just her own, her own thing. She's, she's just. I mean, they, they literally plucked, you know, the voice of um, Obi Wan from yeah. the previous films to yeah, put inside got, of her. her they got dream. Yoda and Luke in there as well. I definitely. It was. Luke I was in there? definitely in yeah. favor of nobody yeah. over over her being Han or Luke's daughter. Like I was like, I hope it's nobody instead of one of those, just because of the way the narrative worked. Yeah. Um, but then I, I just think narratively, it, it's it's if if she's going to be someone's, it's it's got to be. Yeah. Speaking even of, the thing like the accents, you know. Yeah, made, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. 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 Did you know that um, Finn, the actor that plays Finn, actually he has he's British. He. Of course, you haven't seen Attack the Block. No, Attack, but I watched Attack the Block on so the flight to Vietnam. Yeah, fantastic. I, I was very impressed with his American accent. I, yeah. I mean, never. If anybody ever hasn't thought. seen Attack the Block, they need to. It's so good. What is it? It's, it's this awesome movie about like these uh, kids that have to defend like a an apartment building from an alien invasion, awesome. and it's awesome. Never yeah. heard of it. And John Boyega is the main actor, and he was like totally awesome in it, which I think is 
pretty much the main reason that he got this role, I would assume. So can I just say, uh, it, I'm not even being nitpicky about this. My straight up least performance in the whole movie, 100% truth. And you're gonna, and I'm gonna disagree with you 100 percent. It was on so that. forced and so bad, and I'm totally serious. Mark Chewbacca. Hamill, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. I swear, he didn't even say anything, and he just looked <laughs> like he was trying too hard. See, Man, I'm. I just think it's I'm pointless. Almost, to even I'm talk about almost that. with you, but uh, for me, it was definitely Carrie Fisher, uh, and I love her. Oh, really? Uh, you know her, her her tour, but like you could feel it, uh, you know, on stage, like she was kind of phoning phoning it in like she kind of um or just wasn't quite there like she has become she's you know hasn't had a career as an actress since she she's been carrie fisher and so on on screen she was carrie fisher um you know and and one of the things about it what that drove home for me was that you can argue that with this new cast this might be the best acted star wars like that you can't i know you can't say yeah you can't say anything against um they're, they were all amazing, and and you know even like Empire Strikes Back, which is just a absolutely fantastic, you know, one of the best films of, of all time. You still have like you know a coked out Princess Leia, you know, running around, um, you know, just <laughs> on heavy heavy drugs, and it's not that you know. Of course, I, I think just the acting in this film, uh, you know, of these uh, these new characters, these new actors, were just just next level, really really good, and and the, it shows also that when you have a director who can work with actors, unlike say modern day. George Lucas in the films that we won't name. Yeah, I was I was watching an old TV show. Did any of you guys ever watch? I think it was like late '80s, Hercules with uh, Kevin. Of course, yeah, uh, Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. Yes, yes. I I, I watched one of those because it went to Netflix recently, and I like sat what? there and I was trying. Oh, dude, I was I trying to to, uh, to enjoy it. But it was so bad. Like the acting on every level was just the worst. And technically, yeah, it's like it was Power really Rangers poor. quality. What, well, the question that popped into my mind. I mean, obviously, over time, the bar has been raised for acting, uh, as as any other kind of skill has over you know whatever the length of time it's existed. But my question is, do you think now, being that technically the equipment and the the abilities of the director to control everything about the scene and the angles and the editing and, and whatever, um, because it's so good now, it has made the experience feel more authentic and better? Or do you think actors have also gotten better or if acting has kind of stayed the same or maybe gotten a little better and uh, as, as, an, as an overall skill, it's mm-hmm. kind of... Again, I, I think the the strongest argument against that is the prequels, um, you know, which were so <laughs> yeah. controlled in, in took every a bunch aspect. Of great actors nice and yeah. ruined all yeah. of them. That's a yeah. there you go. Yeah, and and so it, you know there is something to the craft of directing, and, and of course, like everyone has learned a lot of things, and you know how to, um, you know, there there wasn't even really the concept of blockbusters and, and when Star Wars came out, because you know it now, was the first basically. It, yeah, yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, yeah, like that Jaws and Jaws. Was I mean, one. Yeah, yeah, it uh, just took it to the next level. And now we live, you know, like a you know, line from um, you know, How I Met Your Mother, like the only people who haven't seen Star Wars are the people in Star Wars because they live the Star Wars. And, <laughs> and so it's the same kind of thing. Like you're looking back and they're they're figuring this stuff out. And now like we live in that world and and um, you know, we can respond to it in a lot of different ways and, and we live in a world filled with blockbusters, but still and and JJ Abrams has a lot more experience doing this kind of thing than than any of them had at that time, yeah, uh, so they can yeah. like come into that kind of experience and pull it out. But 
you know, obviously, I mean, there are just incredible performances, and you have people who were just amazing actors, um, you know, in in all of them. Um, but you can you can really see um, <laughs> what a a starting director, a director gone bad, and now a, a good director uh, can do to the performances. Yeah, I don't know that Lucas was ever a good director, but you, he <laughs> he's a good you know he was a good art house director with well he was. Let me say this. He he was a good art house visionary uh, that needed a lot of control. And if you you know go back to the original Star Wars uh, filming, like it was a you know it was a nightmare for uh, the first yeah. edit was like a total nightmare. And like his wife at the time had to like be like, we, I'm cutting out. Who was the main editor? One of the main editors was like, I'm cutting out like half this movie. A lot of these scenes are garbage. Like the story makes no sense. And then the recut was like this genius like piece of work because he was going for like Flash Gordon, like cheesy. Yeah. He, in fact, he couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon, so he made Star Wars. I'm surprised he could get away with the the opening scroll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a direct ripoff, right? I mean, other yeah. than the fact that it's in color. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it was he took it and he kind of made it his own, and and like I'm just gonna say it like right off the bat, like you know, Star Wars was a total fluke, like it sh- should not have worked, <laughs> and it totally did. And then afterwards, he had other people direct because you know he wasn't a did, good director. Did he direct Indiana Jones? He just wrote that. Is that right? No, Steven Spielberg directed. Yeah, him. but Lucas yeah. wrote it. But yeah, but Lucas helped write it. So he, yeah, he was a visionary manager of a team. Um, I mean, you can almost like compare in some ways to, to Steve Jobs. Um, like if if Steve basically built a you know built your iMac from scratch, was in control of everything, and, and had yeah. to build it, it would not be it would not be what it was. <laughs> he yeah. needed the, you know he needed the team. He had the vision, but you know, um, but the thing was basically George Lucas tried to do that um, and tried to be everything. And it just didn't. It didn't work so well when you don't have, you know, actors like Harrison Ford who are willing to stand up and say, yeah. like, you know, you yeah. can write this, but I can't say it. Faster, um, be faster and more intense doesn't really work. Yeah, for maybe with more intensity. Isn't that what did he say just over and over to actors as, as yeah, their just direction? Like, just be, be faster and do it faster and just more intense, <laughs> like over and over. Yeah, so it's like poetry. It's like it rhymes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so this all leads. This all has to do with wedding photography entirely. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, so. I mean, I definitely have. You know, there's a lot of parallels. <laughs> I was thinking, like, <laughs> hmm, I wonder if Lucas just burned out. I wonder if that's what happened to him in in the prequels. But that can't be because he didn't really do much. No, between. and then after afterwards, if you think about all the special editions and stuff, he's like, no, this isn't the way I wanted to do it. Like, I wanted to do it this way, and so he made the special editions. Did you watch garbage. the G specialized editions yet? Did you? Watch yeah. Them? I, yeah, I own they're them, fantastic. I, oh, can you one of you guys Dropbox those to me? Because yes, oh, I, I yeah, keep meaning to download it. But I mean, no. Uh, I've yeah, heard. Yeah, I've heard what talking you're talking about. <laughs> I've yeah, heard rumblings of uh, of Disney releasing a legit one, but it's. I I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, those are rumors. I think it'll happen. I think it's. A, I think they're a smart. Co- you know, the thing that I think convinced me the most that Disney is a smart company and they know what they were doing. No Disney logo. They, they, I mean, there was no Fox oh, fanfare either, but they, sh- I mean, they had to, I'm sure. They had to make yeah, the call yeah, to do that. Somebody really Maybe wanted that, was, that logo up in front of that $2 billion movie, like for sure. Well, that could have been in the contract as well. Yeah. Well, I, I was impressed by that. 
I was going to have a weird feeling if I saw all the Disney castle. Oh, that would be weird. <laughs> like a Star Wars something fly over robot, it. And, yeah, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. then I'm, I'm, all I'm hearing is dun 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 And I'm like, okay, Star Trek. But like, no. yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I again, like, I think, so if we can get back to like main gripes or, you know, whatever. Because I, I, again, like, I loved it. Um, I just think that there's, one thing in particular that I really didn't like, which is that you know we didn't need another Death Star. I don't know what they were thinking. Right. Uh, it, I, I, my a, after seeing, first of all, it's not even like another Death Star. It's like twenty times the size of the Death Star. I'm like, okay, well, that can just swallow stupid. suns that are twice the size of it somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, destroying that particular solar system, by the way, just to get that out there. Um, right. All like you need to do is far, get rid of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Job <laughs> um, done. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I I think it would have been way cooler if it was like, uh, if the Empire was like this ragtag Battlestar Galactica thing that a fleet that was just trying to get away, or maybe they were, maybe they could destroy an entire planet using their last Super Star Destroyer or whatever, and then the Rebellion or the New Republic is going after that or something. I just didn't. In the last four movies in the timeline, we have three Death Stars. I, I like, I like that they that. left a nice, like, thirty-year gap between when the story, you know, the. the I agree. Uh, yeah, the other ones, sure. and then they didn't try and pick up like right after Return of the Jedi. Or Obviously, they kind of had to with the age of Harrison they did, Ford, which was, was a good call. Yeah, though. And, maybe yeah. yeah, maybe they're just trying to make that the Empire's tragic flaw that they just yeah. can't get <laughs> over Death Star. So well, now that they've like lost a, the Star Killer planet, like. Where, gonna, where are they going to get I, more troops? Is there a whole other... Their next base like, is going to be a sun. Yeah. They're just going to all be living <laughs> in the sun. It's the only thing that can get larger. Um, and, and of course, I mean... So, so what you're saying, like to get really nerdy, is, is a lot closer to the uh, to the the Star Wars novels, the the, yeah. you know, the, Tim, the Timothy Zahn novels, and, and so a Which lot of people are like... Awesome. They were awesome. And that, that's the only regrets for, for a lot of like nerds. It's like, oh, this was great, but like... Its existence means that these other things can exist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as what I've read, they're considering uh, nothing in the prequels, everything from the, uh, you know, uh, four, five, and six as like canon. Like that's what, that is what is establishing the world. And then they may pull inspiration from some of the books, but it's not like going to happen. Right. But everything in, in this film is also now considered like this is the world well, as, well, they, as we know it in Disney and yeah. yeah. Well, Disney officially uncanonized the extended universe so that they could have their own thing, oh. which is fine, kind of. I mean, it's the way it is, but yeah. it's a bummer because you, you, you lose a lot of garbage and and but also a lot of, of really right. amazing stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, they they kind of had to do it because there was a lot of barnacles uh, on it. But you could, I think they, if it was up to J.J. Abrams, they would have jettisoned the prequels too. Um, yeah, but they really? kind of they kind of couldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, they can't, unfortunately. Like they, so they're just they're going to effectively do it. You're never going to hear the word midichlorian again. Ugh, why? Why did you just say it? <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. It doesn't <laughs> exist. It's fine, dude. Okay, do you guys? I already asked you about it, Nathan. I don't think you really. And who was the 
Who the frick was the very first guy? The the old dude that was like, yeah, I've been through a lot here. I trust <laughs> you with this. And then like passed off. Yeah. I can't believe that wasn't Lando for one. And, 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 uh, and dude, who the heck was it? Like I've, I've hung out with Billy D. Williams and he is, uh, he's, I don't know if he could do it anymore. <laughs> he was in Modern Family like one or two seasons ago. Oh, really? Yeah. He had a pretty big role. Yeah. He was cool. He was a little weird. That's awesome. No, he... Of course, he was the man, but I don't know. He was like he could have, have he could have handled that though? scene. There were like four lines, and I'm just like, man, who is this guy? He's got to be important. He's the very first oh, thing we're seeing. Such a classy dude. Yeah, I feel, and then I feel he's like instantly just, killed by by Ren. Like what? Uh, it's got to be something that they're is either trying to do some kind of narrative parallel or just to remind people like, hey, there's going to be all this other stuff that's happening, all these other movies, and and all these guys will make sense later once you buy you know buy more comics, read more books, uh, yeah, you know, pay to see these other movies, maybe it'll all make sense. Um, but yeah, like standing on its own, it was one of the things that you're like, oh, I just man, there needed to be like 15 more minutes of stuff to to kind totally. of. Maybe it, yeah. like, like, maybe it like even existed and they cut it. I don't know. You kind of had to read later, you know, what exactly is going on with the resistance versus the Republic? Like, um, you know, and, and it could have been made, uh, like, it kind of, it makes sense once you, you know, read about it, but it's, uh, but they just, there was barely even an allusion one, to it. One so time like, through your first, you know, the first time seeing the film, and yeah, it's definitely a little confusing. I feel like they could have spent a little more time in the Senate, you know, kind of explaining the state of things. But, <laughs> Yeah. They really wanted they really to go need down more there. more trade regulations. Yeah. And this from the prequels. No. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'm trying to remember. We're, we're, almost every Star Wars story, like starting kind of like mid story, sort of like you're thrown right into like a chase. I mean, that's how or, the best stories it, are told, I think. Yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly, you know, New Hope, which is what, you know, the, the narrative parallels are. I mean, you're just, yeah. oh, Da-da-da, ships being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> in case you guys don't so remember. good <laughs> Star Wars yeah that's the theme yeah. to the, the by the song. way uh, this is going to be the full podcast apparently. yeah we can move on to other stuff um, but uh, so okay so Ryan you were saying earlier before we clicked record um, trying to trying to get out there a bit more on 216 in, in the uh, social media online world I know you've you've been busy as ever probably more so but if, if you've solely followed you Based on your Facebook feed, you may not think so, <laughs> which isn't a yeah, bad thing. You know, I, but yeah, it, I mean, the the thing is, um, yeah, the past couple of years we've kind of you know retrenched a, a little bit, and there's been you know, all kinds of things going on, and we've really just been focusing on on the business. And the great thing is that like the business keeps coming in, clients are just better and better and, and more awesome, and, and they're everywhere. Um, but you know, now we're we're kind of we're balancing a lot of things, and, and this this is a huge year for us because uh, Tatiana, my fiance, and my partner is joining forces with me. Um, and nice. so now, now for the first time, like you know, there's so much more that we can do because she's an amazing photographer, and you know is now this, like somebody that I trust. Is this with, something with everything that evolved naturally, or did you guys sit down and have like a straight conversation about it? like, okay, do we want to do this and this is how we have many it. many yeah. conversations about it, but it, you know it evolved to that point because you know in and of itself financially, like it doesn't make a lot of sense if you have two people who have great businesses on their own. Yeah. Why make it into one income stream? Um, but we love being around each other. We love working together, and I That's really good. like. I believe so much in the product. 
um, that we turn out together, and and not just in terms of photography, but you know also bringing her in, uh, like the the way she interacts with clients is just like magical. Um, nice. And so so having that like all as an integrated business. It means like I, I just cannot wait to see the things that we're going to be doing um, overall dealing with clients, but it also should uh, ideally open up time for me to do right. the things that people have kind of wanted me to do for the past like six or seven years. And I've just been like, I don't have time. I shoot 70 weddings a year. I don't have time. <laughs> well, and, and for Tatiana as well, I'm assuming. I, I don't know that she would want to bring in her extra time resources to, to spend in social media. But uh, I assume whatever she does, she'll have more time to do it. And uh, yeah. that's probably <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Yeah. If yeah. you're both and, shouldering. And yeah. trying to figure out how to, you know, like kind of like merge brands and bring her into the brand is, is going to be one of our, one of our many large projects in the next few months, like, you know, plan a wedding. Uh, yeah. Know. Where are you guys on It that? takes is a it? lot out of you. That's for sure. <laughs> So we've discovered uh, that you know, wedding photographers are the biggest procrastinators when it comes to wedding planning. We have a venue, and that, that's a date, and that um, that has been the case for about six months, and, and literally nothing else has happened. Nice. Um, you know, our our key is if you want to plan a wedding calmly and allow yourself to procrastinate a great deal, you know, have your wedding on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Um, and so, you know, we've talked to people just to, to feel it out, and and they're like, June, uh, we're booked all the time in June. And we're like, well, it's on a Thursday. I'm like, oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. We just got to invite some people, and and otherwise, uh, I think it'll all be good. Yeah, yeah, good. You gonna make it a big deal or a small deal? It's going to be, I mean, it's a big deal to us, but it's not going to be well, a big obviously. deal in the, in the way, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, our friends, a lot of, you know, people assume like, okay, if you're in the wedding industry and you're getting married, like it has to be over the top, ha mm -hmm. you know, like you almost have to do it for your audience. So you either yeah. has to be in a crazy, crazy destination or just so over the top opulent because, you know, that, that's what people want to see. Um, but, you know, we're not really, we're doing it for the people who are there and we're doing it for us. And, and that's not really who we are, you know, in our, uh, in our own work, we're kind of like, yeah, you know, details are fun. Uh, we know you put a lot of work into them and they're important. So we capture them, but it's not in any way that, you know, that the, the center of who we are and the center of how we define ourselves gotcha. as photographers is details and, and centerpieces because and so in our own life like we haven't put any thought into yeah. uh, into that at all and, and that will kind of be the, the last thing it's like oh, oh I guess we need something in the middle yeah, of our table I guess we need maybe some <laughs> chairs somewhere for somebody to sit <laughs> should there be food I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah food is good and, and food is important and, and so that'll be part of it but like do we need it photographed that now we need it eaten by people and enjoyed yeah. um nice yeah so yeah that's just I like that mentality yeah yeah so we're, we're gonna yeah we're basically we're gonna have uh you know nice little thing for family and then just a really ridiculous uh dance party and that's what it's gonna be um i like that great. yeah but so we so i've got so there, there's so much that I want to do basically I want to be out there a lot more because you know hopefully I'll be able to be and and you know, one of the top things, you know, for, for the past few years, I've only been able to do one or two workshops a year. And, you know, each time you have to, when you do one or two of anything, I mean, imagine doing one or two weddings a year. Yeah, you're not super polished. Um, you know, same thing with speaking. I just, you know, I just did a speech and, and you know, 
I, I think it, I am told it went well, but I, I definitely hear some things. I'm like, oh, you know, um, yeah. If I did this again a week after, there's a lot that I would do differently. I still refuse to watch recordings of myself speaking because I know I'm just going to die inside. Yeah, it, <laughs> I speak it's, it's pretty bad. much twice a month at this it's point. I, I just yeah. can't handle like watching myself, even though that's probably one of the most healthy things you could do. <laughs> yeah. As a yeah, absolutely. Speaker. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're fine. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What's, and what's funny is I've just gotten a lot more self-reflective. So I've given uh, this talk that I just gave uh, you know a few times, and and you know I, I so I came out of this talk um, and I was thinking like of, of all the things I, I could and would do differently next time. Um, mostly like it had morphed into something that uh, uh, did not really have any relation to the title anymore. <laughs> um, so I would you know change the title so that the people know what they're getting into, um, but. You know, when I first gave the talk, I was like, well, I was, you know, a lot of things went wrong going into it. All my slides, literally five minutes before the talk, got put into random order, um, which oh, no. was great fun. So I was having this like panic attack. I and love so that feature. Mostly, mostly <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, oh, good. I was able to at least give the talk. And I was, you know, I was proud that I was able to overcome all this ridiculousness. Um, and so, so like looking back, I was proud in some ways of that first talk and, and really reflective on this last one. But people who who went to both are like, no, that first talk was a disaster, oh, and this okay. one was really good and, and really funny. Okay. And, and so, so I'm learning and growing, and, and but there's there's more that we can do. So, I'm trying to take little tiny steps. One of the first things that I'm putting together is. I basically, you know, one of the things I haven't been able to do is gear reviews uh, for a long time. Yeah. And, and B&H has been so good to me. And I've just been like, it takes time and I don't have that. Um, <laughs> so I, I finally decided I'm going to put up a YouTube channel and just literally review everything that I own. Um, and every, uh, from the perspective of, you know, again, everything that... That I have used and ground to dust, and and specifically from you know ex experiential reviews, and um, you know I know a lot of people have been looking forward to that, and and you know no frills, but just just get, you know getting getting back out there, getting back to the swing of it. Well, that's the thing I noticed, especially once the D750 launched. My general approach to any reviews I've ever done is to like use it for two weeks or a week and get my review out as quickly as I mean use it as much as I possibly can in that short time span and get my yeah. honest review out as, as fastly as quickly as I could and uh, with the D750 I was beaten to that by like 17 other photographers everybody seemed to have gotten one before me and like all their reviews yeah. were out and I was like you know what maybe I'm going to wait a year or a year and a half before I do my review because that's the, that's a huge differentiating that, factor where it's like, okay, yeah. yeah Nathan yeah. and I already did a podcast. It's not out yet, but it was basically like ripping the D750 to shreds. Not that it's not a great camera. Yeah, we, it's what we both use as a primary camera, but it's got a lot of faults we crushed that it. people, you know, just completely didn't pick up on or glossed over in its initial launch. Yeah. Cause and, uh, you know, when it first came out, everyone was, Goo goo gaga, and we had like Canon photographers switching, and it was like, it was like awesome for like a second, and then I was like, ah, oh, it's got some pretty serious problems actually. Yeah, so like yeah. a whole series of like everything you own after six to I don't know ten years of use is I think 
I think I, I've never cool. seen anything yeah. like that other yeah. than somebody doing like maybe an incremental update on the bottom of a review they did previously, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like it's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's gear that I want to review that, that came out in the nineties uh, yeah, or before, nice. you know, like some that is older than me and, you know, and then, and then some that is brand new. I just, you know, I want to, you know, also like just be able to organize my, my thoughts. Is that on your subtle things. way of asking for the, the knocked back? The, the one from <laughs> no, I'm not subtle about that. I think in our last conversation, hey, you were pretty much like, I, I might really miss my knocks now that I, you know, have all this extra ability to use manual focus Nikon glass. Um, yeah. How's it doing? <laughs> yeah. It's in good shape. Yeah, I was playing with it a couple of days ago. Still yeah. my favorite lens. I uh, just wish it did uh, autofocus. Do you shoot with the 58 1.4 now, or do you, are you Sigma? I, again, it's one of those things that I tested and then had no time to, to write about. Um, and but it's not in your yeah, bag? like It's it's not in my bag. You know, and and uh, you know, I was I was a little bit more put off by the fact that at least the one that I had, it was it was just very, very hard to grab focus. It, it really hunted yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, good luck to it. But I, again, I also was like, okay, if I'm going to have a thing that I have to manually focus, um, I've used the 5812 and I, and I really prefer the look of it. So it, like, it didn't hit me from the level of something that I, I could use just for the aesthetic of it because, you know, without the functionality, because then I would just go back to the 5812. Yeah, why not? Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah. it, it definitely didn't have, you know, like lightning fast functionality. Um, you know, more like it was from that aspect, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know if it's the way I use back button focus in that I don't or, or what, but <laughs> I've, I've always, my, maybe it's just my copy, but it's, 99% of the time, not 90% of the time, that's my go-to lens. It's on my camera. It basically never leaves one of my bodies. And I have a, a really great keep, like high keep rate. I don't know what it is, but it's not enough to make me, you know, keep using my Sigma art that I, that I also own and does really well. And people are generally happy with, um, Anyway, we don't have to. I go think down you just have magic hole. fairies because you, you also <laughs> apparently your your Nikon twenty four uh, you know has a high hit rate. It does. Whereas, I, and I use mine as a primary lens for years, and and it definitely still had like a twenty percent hit rate. And I was ooh, just like, I would just, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this focus. I'm gonna I'm gonna do get you use this back button I, focus. No, you know, I don't. Yeah, you don't. I don't. Use shutter. I use, just, I use I use shutter and and I, I configure my AEAF lock, um, yeah. so it ends up kind of being the same. Like I'm I'm always locking the focus and um, so yeah, you're yeah. locking with the back. Yeah, I lock That's with good. the back, so so it ends up being the same thing. Which you need some kind of independence so you can make the frame uh, whatever it is Recompose. without refocusing. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, interesting. I, I I do it that way. I always have, and then it ended up working. Really well with the whole like panorama thing because you can just instantly go into a panorama and you've also locked your exposure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- that's another thing for me is again there's a lot of ways that I I don't do things the way that they tell you should be done right. Like I've been using auto ISO a great deal uh, of the time since you know since the D70 or uh, <laughs> so, nice. you know, like since long before. Did they have it then? Yeah. They, I mean, they definitely had it on the D200, mm-hmm. and I definitely used it a lot uh, with that. But it did. It, you know, it went back a lot farther than anyone was using it. Wow. Um, 
And so I was like, well, it's just another parameter uh, that you can make work for you. Um, I moved I away. I moved away. I, I was really into it when yeah. I discovered it, like maybe a year. And then I slowly, I think for me, it was the consistency from one to the next, one shot to the next, even under the yeah. same lighting conditions was just too variable for me to deal with after the fact. So I just kind of... Well, if you want to, yeah, I mean, basically, if you want to shoot manual, if you want to have consistency, shoot manual. Yeah. But of all the variables that I would rather have change from shutter speed to aperture... Uh, you know, to ISO, it's generally going to be ISO. Because uh, everything else. Are you on the D5 pre-order list? Is that in the? Uh, I'm on a. I'll be on a D5 testing list. Nice. Uh, but I, I really think um, I just want my cameras to get smaller and smaller and smaller until they're like resting in my contact lens. Interesting. Whether, <laughs> yeah, whether or not it's um, you know it's the most practical or you know like it has the primary thing that has to achieve the best results, but. Yeah. Uh, we also, and this really ties in well with the uh, supposed subject of this podcast. Um, Star Wars. You know, long, <laughs> uh, longevity you know, mm. matters. And so when I was using the D4s and, and again, you know, shooting 70 weddings a year and, and you know, uh, unlimited hours, so often like 12, 13 hour days uh, or much more, um, you know, I, I, it exacerbated previously existing uh, back pain uh, that I had. I just couldn't get over it. You know, I, I got back pain there. from... Um, big heavy cameras, weights, sure. Lifting weights improperly, and and uh, but I just kept having it for two years, and and then when I switched to the D fifty, D seven fifty, and D eight ten, it really went away. Um, and and so now using you know sometimes cameras that are even smaller, um, I you know such as like the Sony A seven R two, which I've you know only used for two weddings now, but. Um, you know, and, and only as I, I don't use it uh, alone. I use it as, as one of my cameras. Um, but I'm, I'm just like, okay, uh, in certain situations, this is just great. Um, yeah. you know, lightness because it, it's all about coming home at the end of the day and, and being able to do something else and being able to do another yeah. wedding the next day or just like, Again, uh, being able to do this for 20 years and not having your knees and back fall apart. You like definitely start considering things in a completely different... You, you weigh your options differently when you start thinking about 10, 15, 20-year career. Like, totally. what actually matters. Like one of the things I talk about in my workshops, it's really uh, ties into this, is, is Nathan, I think you were with me. My very first engagement session, the very first time somebody has like, paid the me. Yeah and, yeah, and I brought like... Both camera bodies, the holy trinity, 14 to 24, 24 to 70, 70 to 200, like all my mm -hmm. prime lenses, you know, and Nathan as to second shoot yeah. <laughs> an engagement <laughs> session. And, you know, that that totally weighed me down. And if you're not feeling good, like physically, uh, that's totally going to translate to your images in some way. And uh, yeah, I mean, Absolutely. I could see you having a small, for me, the Leica SL reached kind of the perfect balance of size, weight, and and everything it's yeah. for me i didn't ever really like the sony a7 series uh bodies i, I was gonna ask ryan do, do you like the sony bodies yeah well i think i think i got into it at the right time too because i remember talking to sam about that a couple of years ago and and you were using an, an earlier body and, and there were a lot of problems that you had with it uh that um some of them in certain ways they've, they've come a long ways on i mean yeah the a7r2 is the first uh the first sony that i've used in a professional capacity with sony um, lenses or not i'm just curious <laughs> i've gone crazy uh in the, like the, the month that i own it i i now i have three adapters at the moment um so i i do have i have the sony 28 um which is my my only Sony made lens, um, but it's great. It's tiny and, and um, makes it into a little ninja camera because uh, it can 
you know, no light can come out of it and no sound. Uh, so, which is only basically only it or things in its class can do. You know, a smartphone makes no sound, but it you know has to emit light. Other cameras you know make sound, and so with the little twenty eight, it's great. Uh, but I have you know of course the Nikon adapter, which I can use our 30, 40 lenses on, whatever we have. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, I just got a, a Canon adapter, which has uh, autofocus. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. Now I'm just spoiled for choice because finally, you know, I can use the Canon 51 too uh, if I want on a camera. But then I'm like, do I even want that? Because I also have a 50 millimeter f0.95. And mm. then <laughs> the other day I was like, well, finally I can achieve my goal of they're finally being a good enough camera uh, that's full frame that can take the Zeiss 135mm f1.8. Um, so mm. I got that with a, with an adapter to the old Sony Minolta system. And so, yeah, this is this has all been like in the past few weeks. And so I've, it's the first time really since like, oh my God, 2010 uh, that I'm having this kind of like, gear, I do need more gear. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's 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 fun to be back. You kind of forget that, like, one of the ways to reinvigorate yourself really is to just buy, you know, buy something new, do, like sell something, get something else with the money, change. I got something. a prism I can sell you if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we but all it's true. <laughs> we all need, yeah, we all need change, um, and 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 a big part of that is just like if you come in with the same gear all the time, um, you know, and it's it's one way to approach. I mean, some people are just like, I am going to own the 35. I'm going to master it. I'm going to shoot my whole career with it. I'm going to like be the king of this lens, and they they do amazing things with it. But for me, I always like. If something of mine ever broke, um, which is often, um, I would always, I would never replace it with the same thing. Um, so early in my career, I used the twenty four seventy all the time, and when it broke, I said, "Okay, I'm, ne I'm never using that lens again." Um, and so I replaced that with the twenty four, which brought a new kind of look. Even though all of a sudden my hit rate went from like ninety five percent to <laughs> yeah, 90%. maybe that's gotcha. why you hate it so much. <laughs> I never really got into the twenty four to seventy yeah. beyond a certain point, and. I jumped into primes pretty quickly, so maybe I'm just used to whatever the pathetic hit rate is. But, right, yeah. and so now I'm like, oh, everybody's using primes, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try the 2470 again, which I just did at like uh, the, in the fall of last year, uh, just to see like as something to change up with, you know, a bag full of primes. Yeah. Um, you know, as like here's a, a compliment to that. I can be using these primes, and then for a certain thing, just throw in the 2470, um, but use it like somebody who's been you know, using just primes. Yeah. Um, and, and and again, it's just a different way of of like opening up your mind because as soon you you know as soon as you walk around with a camera and a lens and you do it enough, your brain just instantly adapts to that lens and you think in the way that you think when you're using this lens. You think like that lens and it's true. or you think like that what that camera is good at. And so just by changing that, it, it kind of like forces you to, to change um, you know, what kind of frames you're seeing, um, what kind of motion you're doing, what kind of photos that you're taking. Exactly why for me also the Leica M uh camera and the that whole system is so valuable i mean it's not worth the money they charge <laughs> but um so i'm not saying it is but it, it's it has my 
my pictures that I took of Nessa in Iceland are just a completely different mood and vibe than than my pictures kind of uh, anywhere color. else. It's because well. I yeah, not not just the yeah, for sure the color and the tones are, are very nice and different and and I love them, but uh the actual formulating of the picture is coming from a completely different place and uh I just love that camera for that reason so much and it's why I hate the cue, the like a cue so much because they completely erased that uh, from their equation. I know why they did it. It makes good business sense, but coming from an M to the Q, the Q is a freaking nightmare. But dang, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so back to the original topic, which is like burnout. Like, what do you guys do? On Solo dies. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren is on Solo's son. He kills on Solo. Uh, we said what? Oh, um, uh, so, Chewbacca kills Yoda. <laughs> there we go so what do you guys do to avoid burnout when you're in real uh especially when you're in like really heavy uh you know a heavy production schedule i was gonna say take time off that's the best thing i can do <laughs> yeah. for myself but in the midst of a crazy schedule that you can't change hmm. what's your strategy so work uh, harder yes i'm yeah <laughs> dig, if you're in a hole just dig deeper yeah. um and you know th this is something you know i've been you know i've been in this and, and hopefully I, I sometimes make it look easy from the outside but you know i've um you know i've been in the middle of very very you know doing uh three four weddings a week uh in the middle of like very heavy things going on in my own life and and um um the primary thing is, I mean, really, like once you hit heavy burnout, it's so hard to get out of it. Mm. It is so hard uh, because because you're in there for a reason, you know, and, and you're in there uh, because a lot of things have happened that probably at that point are structural things that are really hard to change. Um, so the first thing is to like is to really, really um, be sensitive to the beginnings of burnout. Um, and so, like we can we can talk about like you know, obviously if you're in a stage of major burnout, you you know you have to do some things that are maybe radically different, uh, such as you know, everything that is just killing you, you have to like give to other people. Um, you mm -hmm. that's you really really have to like give up some control. You know maybe if it's your processing, you know turn you know things like processing in. If it's album design, you know turn that into other people. Like yeah. treat it like the emergency that it is. Because if you keep being burned out, like that's the thing that's going to eventually just take your business down, um, mm -hmm. and it's not going to serve your clients well. So, like it feels selfish to say like, oh yeah, focus on your own happiness, but like you have to. Um, yeah, uh, it's not fair to your clients if you don't. <laughs> like, yeah. they want you to be at your best when you when they're at theirs, and, and you know. Yeah, <laughs> my chihuahua has burnout. And I've I've been in situations where I've just been tired, like on a wedding day, and. I just like, and w when that happens, like I realize, like immediately, like, like I've got to do something about this right now. I've got to get some caffeine going, or else I'm screwed. Like I need to, you know, and I and I want, to, you know, or else I'm not going to produce the images that I want to produce. Yeah. Um. So, one of the most simple things I've always kind of done, and it's more of a long-term solution, but I. I've never really had a completely formed vision of who my ideal client is. I'll 
pretty much work with anybody that hires me. And that puts me in locations that are the Ritz Carlton and Tyson's all the way out to like vineyards in Virginia. And um, the DC region in general, I think has a lot of dynamic scenery, which is a plus overall, but the people are also just on completely different planets. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and that helps big time where I, yeah. I know going into a few weddings, like there are some huge red flags here, but it's, it's not only humbling, humbling, but like really, I think, um, good for my mind yeah to change like, it okay, to change I, it up yeah i am just i am here to serve today and that's my role and then maybe next weekend it's like sam do whatever you want uh we trust you completely and then maybe next weekend it's kind of a, a middle ground between those two things and that's been really great for me it's a bit of a luxury when you have over 40 or 50 weddings a year uh to be able to do that i don't know that that's something i'd recommend if you only shot 20 or 25 yeah uh, but that's been big for me, I think, overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I do think diversity of clients. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think also, you know, I agree with you. Uh, for me, being in New York, being in a large urban environment um, provides that own diversity. Yeah. Um, you know, there's enough, like, I love that I can do, you know. I love the mountains in New York. They're yeah, I love God. I, I love them. They're the best. I just, just go out and, and you know. Yeah, we Hike only get like, trash day. mountains. Yeah, you know, I wish, I wish. Um, you know, if you watch Rumble in the Bronx, you will you will see mountains because it was actually filmed <laughs> in Vancouver. But sadly, there are none. But, um, you know, that's the, anything gets old if you do that one thing. Uh, you know, and I know people that like, shoot in the mountains all the time and they're privately like, yeah, it's, I'm a little over it. Oh um, yeah! I, every <laughs> workshop I go to, everybody in that area has something to complain about. That's like consistent among them. Totally, like, yeah. the client type, the budget, the the location, whatever. It's like you have to realize that you know it's no not place sustainable is to travel yeah, yeah. every weekend for every new wedding. Like you, you have to come up with ways to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. and and so I what I love in New York is is I have to travel a lot less than I would otherwise because. You can do so many, and you're not in the same place. Uh, you know, every weekend or every time. There's so many venues. There's so many different types of people, yeah. and you know, in the like, and there's just so many cultures. I've, you know, yeah. I, I feel like, um, like just every culture. I mean, I've done like Basque weddings. I've done you know uh, Vietnamese. I've done um, you know, I have so many Indian and Jewish and Catholic, and mm -hmm. and so you're never just feeling like, oh, here I am in the same hotel. Uh, I've been here four times this month before with the same kind of people, and, you know, same day of the week. Yeah, Matt, uh, now, just imagine that. I just, I feel like I, I picture that in my head and it like freaks me out. Well, that's where I'm, I feel like that's, when I picture these vendor lists that certain photographers are on for, for planners oh, yeah. and, and venues and, and all this, it's like, they must be recycling through the exact same, um, yeah, everything. Yeah. Over, yeah. Yeah. That. And it's so hard. I mean, that we have certain places, especially for shoots, places that I've been a lot before. You know, you've got Grand Central, you've got the you know, Bethesda Terrace, and it's hard. It's harder to shoot at those places Absolutely. for us because you walk in and you say, not only do we kind of like, are, are we over them um, and do we yeah. kind of grit, grit our the teeth? The Lincoln Memorial say. looks the same today as it did. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have to, it's so hard to see that. Like we want to see something in a new way. We want, like it gives us energy to take a new photo. And it's so hard to do that when you, A, you've just taken all the other places, but you also have to like clear that junk out of your mind because a photo that worked for one couple at one time with one kind of light, with one, you know, one kind of attitude isn't going to work, but it's going to be in your mind like, you know what, I could try and reinvent the wheel 
or I could just do what I did before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah. those are the things that, because we got into, you know, by and large, and like 98%, we got in this because we, we want to be better photographers, not that we were like business people who just wanted to find something to apply our business acumen to. Um, and so, so we want to do something that's always surprising and energizing to us. And I think what what is like kind of underlying what you said is you actually draw energy from weddings. You draw energy from your job, and that is the key to avoiding burnout in the in the long term. Is do the things for your job that actually like make your life easier and better. Um, you know, I've been through yeah. like really hard times in my life. Like you know, I um, I was actually served divorce papers on the way to a wedding. Wow. <laughs> and, that seems That's insane, rough. and it seems like it, it kind of is insane. And like, how could you like? And is it hard? Like, yeah, there's certain aspects that are hard, but it like then being in a wedding, being surrounded by happy people, like being able to tell the story, and and like doing um, you know something that is like takes your mind into so many different places, and something that you feel good at, and and sort of realizing your potential, like that makes me feel better. Um, and but there are so any aspect of your job that that really is dragging you down, um, even if you like parts of it, you know you you have to because you're running your own business because you're a freelancer. Um, those are the things that you have to set aside so that you can focus on the things that not only make you happiest, but those are probably also the things that you're going to be best at because you yeah. can't work at them nonstop. So like for me, uh, there was a point in my career where I was doing too many engagement shoots; they were too long. Just having one of them in my schedule can completely destroy my schedule for that day. And I had 70 yeah. of them in my schedule for Oof. the year. Yeah. Those are the things that were, were killing me. So I had to just revamp the way that I approached them and the way that I did them and, and my limitations on them. Whereas for me, I'm lucky because whatever's going on, if I'm shooting a wedding, it's like it's giving me energy. Um, yeah. And that's why I do so many Um Whereas I don't do so much of everything else. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of awesome. sense. Uh, I think it's it's a little interesting uh, in the wedding genre specifically that it's kind of you have almost a year out like or sorry outlook for for how busy you're going to be, and I think a lot of people fall into the trap of oh okay I'm I'm looking real good for the year I'm going to take a year off from from uh, doing anything to to keep the uh, momentum going in my business. And then that by the end of that year, that's caught up to you. And then your next year is totally, it's worse. totally yeah. fucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It's, it's a slow snowball to build business. And that also means that failure is a slow, is a slow slide. And by the time, yeah. by the time you're starting to fail, you're, you're probably like nine months into failure. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's definitely important to, you know, take time, I think, to, you know, I, I, I recently realized that I was working too hard every single day and never taking a day off during the week. Um, and I realized, like, I actually need a, I need, like, a Tuesday where I just, like, yeah. don't do anything, like, related to photography at all. And... Tuesday like, is your Saturday. Tuesday is my Saturday. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in certain or, or whatever day works, like, you know, <coughs> but I, it, it was actually tremendously helpful for me basically back in October when I was doing like, you know, I had like six weddings a month and like, it was it's really intense for me. And there was all kinds of other event shoots and things like that going on. 
that I had to shoot almost every single day of every week and I was turning out photos every day and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm burning out. Like I need a day off. And I took a day off and I was good um, after that. And that, that really helped me. One of, one of my mottos has, yeah. Um, one of my mottos has become: work hard, play hard, rest hard. Um, <laughs> That's it's, good. It's really important. And and I, all these things I know because I've I've done them wrong uh, until I yeah. realized I had to do them right. And 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 so like re- resting hard means not only are you resting, but like you you feel like this is what I should be doing at this moment. Because if you feel yeah. guilty, if you feel bad for resting, you're not resting. Yeah. Um, you realize, like, you have to. And we, we forget mm-hmm. that because it's, it's terrifying to rest. If we, know, if we start out, we're like, oh, I'm resting now. If I keep doing this, eventually I will starve to death because if I'm not working, <laughs> I'm not earning it. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're not working, you're making photographers money. Right. Start, start being a photographer by taking all their resting time and, and like, right. building their photography business yep. as, you know, aside from their day job. Um, Definitely. So you kind of get used to that. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that you need a, a break from the thing that once was your break. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons Nathan and I have band practice almost every week, and that's like the the perfect reset for me in the middle of the totally. week. Totally, it's like three hours of just playing music, and maybe get some food, just totally hanging out, and that's like a defined part of my schedule. And uh, yeah, it's very valuable, even though nobody knows who we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. That's the, that's how that's how you get famous, Sam. Yeah, nobody knowing who you are. <laughs> and I was really hoping one of us would win the lottery. I, mean, I know it didn't happen. What the heck? I, I haven't oh. heard from Evan. Evan, our drummer, he may have. Uh, oh, that's in fact that's actually that's yeah. actually a good re, that's a good idea. He probably did win. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I was hoping I would win. I didn't actually buy a ticket, but I, that gives me about the same chance as everybody else. So, um, you know, I, I think a rounding error could mean that I would win somehow, and it's about as likely. Um, I don't know. So I still have my fingers crossed. Um, but you know, another thing, you know, again, I, like I could talk about this forever, and I, because I just gave a talk related to it. Um, but for me, uh, one of the things that has been so important over the years is, is actually why. I and, and actually any, any of us are here in the first place, which is uh, social connection. Um, yeah. We we were all part of this this Flickr group, um, uh, you know, SWPB, starting originally starting a wedding photography business, and and that was one aspect, but a very important aspect for me for a long time of social connection in the industry. And and not only does it uh, has it made everyone better because these are people who, in their off time, talk about their jobs and think about their jobs. Um, but it also, you know, there's just something so just affirming and crucial that when you're going through these things, you can just talk to people who are going through the same thing um, and realize, oh, wow, everyone's in it. Um, and it, it that pushes you through the hard hard part, like gets you, you know, makes you better. And, and those are things that we really, really have to seek out, you know, and, and that's something that, that, you know, now all of these things, they always have a, there's a natural lifespan to them as, as people come up when you start learning, you have all these new questions, you come together, you form these groups, there is kind of a hump, then people kind of reach the apex of their careers. Um, and then mm-hmm. like something new comes along and, and kind of scatters. And, and the, the sad part is like, you know, people aren't going to the Flickr group, you know, in scores of hundreds, uh, you know, every day anymore. But, you know, that's just how it is. Before that, there was DWF, there's, you know, there's Foundation, there's all these things. Now there's um, books like film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like, other groups. Whatever it is, you know, yeah. you have to find um, 
you have to find this connection, even even as you know, again, band practice. Just like find, mm-hmm. for me, you know, now so much of this has been replaced because like I live with and share my life with somebody who's who's going through you know all the same things. You know, sometimes she'll she'll apologize to me because you know she's like, I'm sorry that I have to do this work, and I'm like, boy, you know, I, I really kind of I don't even need empathy because I'm in the I have lived this in the exact same place. Um, there's not even a word for it. It's just like me- remembering the last time. I was in that place, which was yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, whatever it is, it's it's uh, man, it's it's really crucial, and it's it's something that we as wedding photographers we lose in general because we entered into this, and we probably have friends who are not wedding photographers, and yep. we lose track with them because we all of a sudden have the exact opposite schedule with yeah. them. So yeah. the, the more that we maintain- were just just talking about that the other day, or I think a bit, was it a yeah. band practice where right. we were and like, I was like, "Hey Sam, you want to go see Tom Green this Saturday?" And I was like, uh, <laughs> "Hey, I'm never gonna have a Saturday ever, so just don't even ask." Like, <laughs> well, yeah, you have to be like, "Hey, um, you want to hang out on Wednesday at two o'clock?" Um, yeah, I could I could hang out any other time than the weekend. I I gotta wonder what other career ha- has a similar set of issues uh, or you know circumstances. Wedding DJ. Yeah, you know, obviously, I mean, people who work weddings in, in any way, uh, you know, um, like I've, I've had uh, at one time, like a, a makeup artist was like, oh, you should come to our Tuesday parties. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's how, how it works. <laughs> yeah. But like for everybody else, other than the videographer, it's it, at least when they're done, like the, on the day of, they're done. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. the, wedding photographers yeah. got to get it on both ends <laughs> as far as that's the, uh, right. the workload, but. I'm, I'm trying to think of something outside, completely outside the the world of weddings that would have a similar. There's uh, bartenders. There's but, yeah. but like you said, they're not they're not you know processing new drinks. Um, yeah. Every, well, yeah, uh, you know, I I was gonna say that actually is a good parallel. I I was one of my ro- former roommates is a bartender, and like it, we could hang out like any time during the day, and then at like four o'clock he, he would roll out, and then you know. That and so that that was kind of our schedule, and he yeah. would work weekends. So yeah, usually it's like a Monday or Tuesday we could hang. And I don't know many forty-year-old. Well, I, personally, I don't know many forty, fifty-year-old bartenders. That's it's true. Not something that people build into a lifelong career. But like, then again, like how many really good like wedding <laughs> photographers do you know over a certain age, like like yeah. fifty or something? Like, and that's I don't the know. problem. That's the problem because you do enter into this thinking, oh, this is my career. Yeah. This isn't something that I'm specifically building into something else. And so if there aren't very many 40 and 50 year old wedding photographers comparatively, what happens to you when you're in your 40s and 50s? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that could almost be a subject for like another one because that's such a big like topic of like, what do you do? You know? Like what sustaining, do you want to do? Sustaining, sustaining business, yeah, yeah. So I mean, sadly, uh, I am not like so far off from my forties, and and um, yeah, and and you know, we're staring down that barrel, and and you know, part of it is just you know, there's natural ageism in the industry because you're always. Basically, the way we actually earn money in this job is that we're constantly going on job interviews. And so anything yeah. that would affect you in a job interview yeah. will affect your ability to earn money. Um, and, you know, and there's a natural ageism in that. And the the older me, I get, the more it's just going to be uh, Skype. Yeah. Oh, my video is not working. I'm sorry, guy. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> <laughs> I had that conversation uh, with a wedding photographer 
uh, much older than, than myself, actually, like like two days ago, he's like, yeah, I really I meet people over the phone, yeah. and I hate having a Skype meeting because he's an amazing photographer, but you know he's 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 much older, you yeah. know, and um, and that's a problem when you know your your clients are like. 25 and, and they, they're used to one huge benefit to that and it, I think is that it does give you some real concrete monetary reason to like stay fit and That's like true. Stay, <laughs> yeah. stay you know um, presentable <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah you have to I mean like not that I haven't a, done a Skype meeting with no pants on, but you know. <laughs> I, I actually can't see if you're wearing pants. Yeah, you know? I, say. <laughs> I know now I'm like, not. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually wearing three pairs. Oh, um, it's, it's comfy. Right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm nice and warm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but so that, that's the thing is we have to think about longevity, and and of course fitness is part of it. Um, you know what I try and do now, like I. I, I used to be like, you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, you know, do a lot of weightlifting, you know, kind of like, you know, be a little bit bigger. And I, I realized like, really, the things that I need to do are just like maintain joint fitness, you know, feel, yeah. you know, have, um, uh, you know, cardio health and uh, you know, flexibility in my in my joints, my knees, especially lower back. Like these yeah. are the things. Just elevated energy level. Yeah. Yeah. Not being lethargic. Yeah. Eating more pasta. You know, <laughs> actually, I was thinking about uh, what it would look like to like have like concealed knee pads in my. Dude, I've said that so many times. Dude, when I'm like crouching down, and I'm, I'm like, telling you right now, my the knees, father, the mother, the bride. I'm like, they, they got to invent. Yeah, this. <laughs> dude, the knees get dominated on a wedding day. Like concealed knee pads. Yeah. I have these. Yeah, I have super bony knees that sometimes it's like knives or. Things <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I will throw this out. I just got a new pair of shoes I've had for almost a month now. They're Skechers. So not the, the most stylish things in the world, but they're Skechers. They're laceless, oh, and they have memory foam soles. What? And it's the first time shooting these past three weddings where my feet have not hurt. That's I've awesome. still got aches in other areas, but finally I've got a pair of shoes that appear to be easy to put on and off, really comfortable. Um, they're black, so that it just blends in with the rest of what I wear, and they're, they're uh, 60 bucks. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. But anyway, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, ergonomics of everything. Like, like right now, um, like I, I use the I've, I've used so many camera hanging systems. I I uh, I use the Holdfast now, which it's funny. Oh, like wow. everyone. Everyone here is like, oh, hold fast. It's like the standard, but like, a, you know, in the Northeast, at least you go to a wedding and it's still everyone's like, what is that? I've never <laughs> seen anything like that before. Whereas I think people just wear them all the time on the West Coast. Like, yeah, you know, I never like, liked it. Did you, Nathan? Did you uh, no, I, I haven't really enjoyed them either, but I, I, but I know like literally 10 out of 15 photographers like that I, I know go. have it. For me, it just sure. something about the way, like it, it. All I know is like my back started hurting less uh, compared to you know, and it. it there's a balance between um, you know the the back pain and also some of the other systems would just crash cameras into the ground way too easily. Uh, so there's a little bit of a balance there. Um, all all I know, anything that I can do to just like not be in excruciating pain the next time. Um, yeah, those are the things you you think about always. Okay, <clears throat> I wish they made like, them out of nylon, not <laughs> just not in the leather. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to throw you off. 
What I want really is, you know, you see so many people give lectures about, here's why I'm successful, blah, 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 whether, whether they are or not. Sometimes they're actually not. Um, but I really want to hear like a, a lecture panel from a bunch of photographers who have failed uh, about like, like why? What happened? Um, and <laughs> yeah. What, what they just different? literally don't shoot question. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many, and there are so many people who you know even like won the largest awards, were top of their industry ten, even like five years ago, who are now just gone. And and um, you know I can talk to them in private conversations, but I would love at WPPI or something there to just be a big panel of ten people who were kind of forced out or are no longer in the industry, at least no longer shooting weddings. And the question is why? Yeah, <laughs> what happened, be... and, and how can we avoid that? If, if I think that wh while I think that would be incredibly valuable and totally, I agree with you. That would be a pretty depressing panel if you had like an, a, like a wedding uh, I, photography I workshop, no matter with a bunch what, of dropouts. The um, well, some the of the skills them... you 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 know hone in on running your own business and doing a hundred job interviews yeah. a year, like transitioning. I'm sure anybody coming from a wedding photographer that's been successful, like can transition to something else. Pretty yeah, pretty. Well, I, I don't know that it'd be yeah, that depressing. And, and a lot of them have. I mean, in, okay. in some ways, you could actually draw from that panel from a lot of the people who are already on the speaking tour. And just like, I found, you know, it, for whatever reason, um, it was much better for me to do this, to do this speaking thing, to, to run a conference, to, to whatever it is, than to be a wedding photographer. I was going to say, all but you I, need is a panel of like people that do workshops full time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you guys. Or you don't shoot weddings anymore. It would also be really funny if, like, it was like a, it was just like a panel of people that all became like multimillionaires, like, just like as soon as they got out of the game, like, it would be hilarious. <laughs> It'd be a panel of uh, Gary Fong, um, yeah, and um, who the, the whoever's doing Visco and, and uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Um, oh wait, oh, actually, yeah. Everyone, I can I can list the ones who are doing it. They've all figured out something to sell. That's uh, awesome. Exactly. We're, yeah. We're doing it the wrong way. Uh, yeah. We're actually, you know, doing work. Everyone's pivoting to a workshop. Actually, I think this year is the the big pivot to everyone's hosting a conference. There's so many. There's probably 15 new conferences that I've never heard of coming up in yeah. the first first run this year. And it's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. No, I really want to start doing workshops on how to give workshops. I, I think that's the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll do the conference conference. Um, <laughs> what, what's funny, you know, I to me, like for a lot of these, uh, I am seen as like too much of an establishment figure to uh, with a lot of these like new, you know, hip uh, style workshops, which is very funny to me uh, and very funny. <laughs> That to go, when I went to a place like Ew, Imaging, like I gross. am the young, fresh face at, at Imaging, um, you know, compared to, of course, people like Dennis Reggie and, and, and Bambi, um, and those are the people that, that tend to be at, at Imaging, and it was it was amazing to be like, That's wait, funny. I'm the young one, I'm the I'm the new face in the crowd, because yeah. uh, in most, you know, I've been doing this for, uh, this is going to be my tenth year as a wedding photographer, and in most Happy anniversary. Yeah, I know. But like most industries, like oh, ten years. Okay, you, you know, like you're you're finally like you're kind of in the middle. You're kind of getting a hold of it. Whereas, <laughs> you know, that makes me like a great grandfather. Where there are people who I've taught, oh, yeah. who have taught people, who have taught people, who have taught people who are now doing weddings. Uh, <coughs> yeah. It's just a, it's an incredible amount of churn in this industry. Um, oh, I know that for a fact because you you taught. I went to one of your workshops, and I've been yeah. doing workshops. Went to like five I know, of them. <laughs> I know other people that have been to my workshops that are now giving workshops. And yeah. It's, uh, it's, ridiculous but it's yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah yeah and i've i've seen like fifth generation people already it was like that's awesome what? um 
Yeah, and, and that's how it is. And, and that's why you know, I really respect people with, with longevity, more, almost more than anything. Um, if in this day and age, like if you're on top and you were on top 15 years ago, like you're awesome. Um, yeah. and, and like I need to learn some things from you. Um, and we didn't even bring up evolving like stylistically to, to stay yeah. current or marketable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other trick. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because so many, well, so many people were left behind either by changes in style or changes in technology. So many people were left behind with film. So not only is it just like feeling good, but you have to like keep your ear to the ground, and and you also can't like respond to every trend um, because other people are going to be good at something that you're not. Like uh, everyone, the five D two came out. Everyone's like, oh no, I have to do video. And, you know, still most of the people who didn't ever, you know, like that never really happened that way that everyone has to do video. Right. Then like you can get flat, get caught flat footed. Like Instagram was the first thing where I was like, oh no, am I old? Because. Oh, me too. Uh, at first I was like, ah. It's yeah, a tough Instagram, change for me. Are this? any of us on Snapchat? Yeah, I'm on Snapchat for the main reason that you should be on Snapchat, which is to like talk to my 12 year old nieces. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, I don't understand how. I don't understand. It's cool. I (laughs) like it. We're all so freaking old now. You guys are like so old, dude. Snapchat's the bomb. Wait, are you on there, really? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really? there's, there's something new now, I'm sure, that we don't even know about. Like Peach. Flirt. Yeah. Peach is one. Yeah. Peach. I, I, I installed Peach, and I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And it's like, add friends. And it's like, enter your friend's information. I'm like, hmm, I don't know any of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. That was For me, that was Facebook uh, for a while. I was, I was on um, when... You know, when it was only at like six schools, and I was like, I'm on this thing, Facebook, and I didn't have any friends on it for like two years. <laughs> like, wow! Like you guys should try this. It's it's nice. Nice, um, better than MySpace. Then, but then you're playing. Like I was, I t- we're running a little long now. But I, I took a, my sweet time opening a, a Facebook business page for photography, and that has what has ended up to be my probably one of my most valuable assets. And but it required so much work catching up to like get to where momentum can carry you, you know, carry its own weight for a little while. And like, I didn't want to, I, I waited way too long with Instagram and now yeah. I'm like, I don't want to put that amount of work into Instagram that I had to do with Facebook to catch yeah. up. And so you kind of want to maybe leapfrog into the next thing, but Snapchat, I don't even understand. So it's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, like I hit yeah. Flickr at the right time, but I hit all the other stuff at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, that's good. Sorry, yeah. but I keep cutting you off, Nathan, because I'm, I'm no, excited. no, no. It's all good. No, that's <laughs> that is good. I was all just right. gonna say we should r- probably wrap up. I, I was gonna say, what do you guys got coming up? Weddings this weekend? Anybody? No, I'm doing an, an awesome, awesome wedding coming up. Uh, I'm going to um, a wedding photographer, uh, Anna Nguyen, uh, in Florida. She's been nice. She's been excited for me to photograph her wedding for I think like three, four, like before she met her groom. Um, nice. And so, like, a we're so excited. B we're we're a little bit like we're antsy because we have to do something that is just like yeah. so next level beyond. Gotta get next that level thousand likes on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about like. No, for her. I mean, you know, yeah. she, she is just so ridiculously awesome, and it's going to be great. It's gonna what, be part, great. what part of Florida? Uh, Naples. Oh, cool. So, yeah, the sunset part, not the sunrise part. Nice. Nice. <coughs> yeah, I've got, um, I don't have a wedding this weekend, but I've got like five shoots to process that I'm a little behind on. So, 
tomorrow is going to be my processing day. And I'm also going to see the new Michael Bay movie at 9 a.m. as a joke <laughs> with a bunch of my friends, which will be fun. Something weird. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, something weird happens in my it's body. That I seem to always get sick at the exact right time. That yeah, I can yeah. You. That happens like, to me too. Same it here. Really, really hit me the day after my workshop. Probably because I talked for nine hours. But it really. And then yesterday was really bad. And today it's it's like whatever. Um, but I'll be fine by tomorrow. And it's only a six hour wedding tomorrow. Ooh, and uh, nice. and I had so much free time today. I did something I haven't done in forever. That was sit down and just listen to music. Really? I just pull it up on my Apple TV, put it in screensaver mode, and just like listen to a record That's straight through. Awesome. And I broke out some some astronaut ice cream, and it was a great day. I'm what, so, what did you listen to? So recharged for tomorrow. Uh, a few band, Moving Mountains and uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Ah, and a little nice. bit of Mew. All three three bands that have really good mixing. Cause I, yeah. I really Gosh, that new Mew record is so awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, thanks, uh, Ryan, for being on the show. And uh, yeah, any, last, any, any parting words? Uh, uh, Han Solo is dead. 